Hello everybody, this is Pastor Mark Zapolita with Impact Church San Diego and I am so excited that you are here joining us today. If you're a first time listener to the podcast or you've been here before and would like to support our ministry and keep this podcast going, you can go to our Facebook page at Impact Church San Diego, click the learn more button and you can donate there or you can text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts. I hope this message inspires you, motivates you and renews your faith. God bless you. sing along with us. Sorry we didn't have any words there, but if you know the tunes, you go ahead and sing along with them. Uh, This has been a busy week. A a lot of things are going on. Um, But you know, when the Bible says idle hands, you know, the devil attacks when there's idleness. And when you're just sitting around watching YouTube, TV, Netflix, or whatever, that's when the enemy starts to creep in. So whether I'm busy for a good reason or busy for a bad reason, I just know that I'm keeping busy and, uh, and it keeps the devil at bay. Praise God. Uh, one of the reasons why we were so busy here at the Sepulveda Home here in Impact House is that uh, uh, we finally uh, graduated our youngest daughter, Ileana Sepulveda. She is now gone. I mean, she's, she's still here. All of them are still here living at home. Uh, but they're all graduated, just graduated my youngest, so that's it. Uh, schooling's over for us, but it starts a new chapter in her life and a new chapter in our lives as well, praise God. Um, so uh, right where you're at, we're going to go to the Word of God. I just have one, one scripture, uh, and it's found in John chapter 1. So scroll over, get your Bibles. Get your uh, Bible apps, get your, um, uh, get your iPads, your, you know, whatever you're not streaming on right now, and scroll over to John chapter 1. We're going to read uh, verse 17. And the Word of God reads like this. Like I said, it's short, sweet, to the point. John chapter 1, verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Right where you're at, we're going to invite the Lord into this place so that uh, he can he could use us, he can bless us, he can anoint us, he can reveal to us what the word of God is saying to us today. Heavenly Father, we come before your presence once again, God. We invite you into our hearts, Lord Jesus. God, manifest something, something wonderful, something beautiful inside of us, Lord Jesus, as we listen to this word, God. We ask you that you, that you continually comforting us in these times of, uh, in the times that we're living, Lord Jesus, God. And we ask you to give us strength and to focus on you, to continue to focus on your word, to focus on you, Lord Jesus, the creator of all things, God, that brings us through everything, Lord Jesus. We thank you, we honor you, and we love you. In your wonderful name we pray right where you're at. Say amen, amen. All right. Like I said, just one simple small verse. We're going to get into this a little bit. And this is something that I had... Um, said I was going to preach on uh, several weeks ago uh, on uh, Pentecost Sunday, uh, but I wanted to touch on uh, uh, hope, hope, uh, searching for hope in a hopeless world. And you can find that in our, uh, in our Facebook page at Impact Church San Diego, or you can find us on uh, YouTube, uh, Impact Church San Diego as well, and you can look through our uh, sermons there, uh, finding hope, uh, looking for hope in a hopeless world. Or you could go to Spotify and search Impact Church San Diego. You can find our podcast right there. You'll find a picture of me standing here with a microphone like this doing this. Just click on that picture and you'll see all our, you'll see all our, uh, all our sermons there that we upload. 
Praise God. John chapter 1, verse 17, once again. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth by Jesus Christ. Praise God. We always heard that the five books of the, of, uh, of the Bible the, called the Torah or the law of Moses because the law was given to Moses and, and he gave it to the Israelite people. And we see here that the law was given by Moses. See, the law was given to Moses in Mount Sinai. The law was given to them from a distance. God was in his glory. He was in his kingdom sitting on his throne talking to Moses, praise God. So the law was given from a distance, praise God. But grace and truth had manifested itself in flesh and dwelt among us and wanted to have a relationship with us. Therefore, the law was from a distance, but grace is from an up-close and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're going to see how that manifests within the scriptures right here. The law showed us how sinful people are. Paul says that that we are no longer under the law, but of grace, praise God, and that how the law showed us how sinful man can be. Not that the law was sinful. The law is righteous. The law is good. The law is perfect, but it was impossible to keep for a human being, for man, to keep the law because there was so many rules and regulations, praise God. If you were able to keep the law, God bless you, praise God. But for those who who couldn't keep the law, for those who kept on following, from the law, praise God, or breaking the law, it was impossible to keep. And there were so many things that had to happen in order for you to come back into the graces of God. Hallelujah. Either way, you were either bound by the law or by the standards that you could not keep. You were under the law nonetheless. The law was to keep the nation of Israel in line. Excuse me. The book of James tells us that if you break one law, you are guilty of breaking them all. So if you were a thief and you stole something, not only that you were a thief, you were also considered in God's eyes an adulterer because if you broke one law, you were guilty of the rest. Praise God. That's how just the law was. You couldn't just, well, I think I'm going to do this and be considered, well, I'm just guilty of this, or I'm just guilty of that. No, you were guilty of the whole, the law as a whole. That's why, it, that's why no man could necessarily keep the law, because we're all, the Bible says that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all, we all have broken the law, and we all have, you know, we all fall, fall from the law of the commandments, praise God. That's why it was impossible to keep, uh, so getting it wrong, doing something wrong, praise God, you were guilty of the whole thing, praise God. The law kept us bound to what we had to abide by. Grace is another story, praise God. Grace is something that we don't deserve, praise God. It's an undeserved favor. But don't get, this, don't get it wrong. The law is a righteous, but it was impossible to keep. Now, Paul had said that if it wasn't for the law, he wouldn't know what sin was. Paul had said this, that I wouldn't have known that coveting, coveting was wrong if it was not written in the law. So the law shows us what is sin. The law shows us what is right, what is wrong, praise God. And the law shows us what we can and cannot do, praise God. That's what keeps the law, that's what keeps people under the law bound by the law, praise God. So we see that the law was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Now, 
The thing about the Torah or the law that was given to, Mo, uh, given to Moses, it was given to him on the first, the actual first Pentecost. And that was the reason why I had mentioned it in uh, this uh, Pentecost Sunday, that the law was given to Moses on Mount Sinai on the day of Pentecost. It was a special day, praise God, and it was given to them. The law or the Torah was given to them given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Now, if you look at the history, if you read the book of Exodus, you see that from the Exodus of Egypt all the way till they got to Mount Sinai, there was a bunch of murmuring. There was a bunch of bickering. Even Moses wanted to throw in the towel. He says, you know, how much more longer do I have to put up with these people when they were thirsty and they were crying for water, praise God. They were in the desert. Of course, they're going to be crying for water. But the Bible says they were complaining, they were bickering. They were murmuring, and, and, and Moses, and, and Moses, you know, was saying, "God, how much more longer do I have to put up with this?" And Moses, and God told Moses, "Well, once you, you know, go up to to to, to this uh, rock, the this rock, and I want you to tap this rock with a stick, and and." and Water came out from it. Fresh water came out from. It. So they had. So they. Uh, so the, the children of Israel now had water. Praise God to to drink. Praise God. But when they were hungry, they complained about being hungry. Well, you know, we all complain about being hungry. We all get a little bitter. We all get a little. You know, we all get. You know, we all get ir irritated or agitated when we're kind of starving because our our stomachs kind of speaks for itself. Praise God. It always shows out on the outside. Hallelujah. And so what had happened? God had produced and gave them manna. Um, can you do me a favor? Just put it here on a chair. Gave, it, uh, gave them manna so they can have, they can eat, praise God. So um, Moses said, you know, he, he was ready to throw in the towel. He didn't know what to do, praise God. So they were, but, they were, but they were sustained. They were kept. They were kept uh, alive. They were kept pure. They were kept, uh, they were kept holy. Uh, and they were kept safe by... The presence of God, praise God. None of them had died from the Exodus to, uh, to to Mount Sinai, praise God, up until the point when the law was given, hallelujah. And when the law was given to them, praise God, that's when things kind of changed. That's when the relationship between God and the Israelite people had changed because uh, uh, they, they didn't know what to expect, but yet they boasted in their own work saying, yeah, anything that the Lord, that God asked us to do, we could do. Whatever God asks us to do, we can keep. We, we will do whatever he asks us to do, praise God. And this was before the Ten Commandments happened. See, because Moses had led them. God told them, I want you to go to this place. And they got to that place. They got to Mount Sinai. And, 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 and he, he said, I am going, you know, I'm going to go visit God. I'm going to go talk to God. And the Israelite people as a whole said, we will, do, we will be able to do everything that God commands us to do without even hearing the commandments, without even hearing what he was going to, what he was going to have them do, praise God, without hearing the terms and conditions. You don't necessarily agree on something unless you know the terms and conditions conditions praise god but since you're just a you know since they were just humans and god is the creator of all things you would kind of have to abide by whatever he was going to tell you but they had boasted in themselves and we'll be we will be able to keep whatever god wants us to do so what happened in the next chapter praise god moses goes up there to meet god and he gets he you know and and he get, god has given him the 10 commandments on tablets praise god as as uh, Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments on the tablets, and he was up there for 40 days, praise God, within the presence of God, and he has the tablets, what was the nation of Israel doing? They said, you know what? Moses is taking way too long. 
He's taking way too long up there. We don't even know where he's at. We don't know if he's still alive. We don't even know if he's coming back. So what do they do? They, 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 they see a vision in the sky of a cloud that looked like a calf. So what do they do? They got all the gold together that they took from Egypt. Because they, when they left Egypt, they, they left with a lot of gold. And what they do, they, they melted it, they fashioned it, and they beat it so that it looked like a golden calf. And what did they do around the gold? They worshiped the golden calf. They danced around the golden calf. They were sinning, praise God, and having all, you know, doing all kinds of things that they should not do. And yet they said, whatever God has us to do, we, we could do this. We could do this. They couldn't even stay, you know, they couldn't even stay right. They couldn't even stay good for 40 days while Moses was talking to God, receiving the Ten Commandments. Moses came down. He saw all of this, and he, 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 the Ten Commandments that he had in his head, he dropped them. Why? Because everything, single thing that was written on those tablets had been broken right before his eyes. And he, got, he gathered them together. And I said, I want to let you guys know right now, who was going to stand with God and who was not going to stand with God? Many people came forward. The Levites came over, came, stepped forward. And those who did not step forward were the ones who didn't want to, do, you know, to, to, to follow God's laws or didn't want to do anything with God, praise God. So what had happened at that day and time, the day that the law, the day that the Ten Commandments was given to them was the day that 3,000 people were killed by the sword. And this was the first Pentecost, okay? I believe it's the day of uh, the, the Feast of Weeks or the day of Shavuot. I think I believe I had said it uh, a couple of preachings ago. See, here's the thing. The Feast of Weeks happens 50 days after the first Passover. The first Passover is when they took the blood of the lamb and they put it on the doorpost. Remember that? So that the angel of death could pass over them and nobody would uh, be harmed inside their household because they, the, one of the plagues was that the first male-born children out of every household is going to die unless they have the blood of the lamb around the doorpost. Praise God. Thank God that we have the blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ, around our structures, ourselves, praise God, on our hearts so that we will not see death, praise God, but see grace. Now... 50 days after the first Passover, they made it to Mount Sinai. They were, giving, they were given the law or they were given the Torah. Now, when they were given the Torah, that same day, all those laws, all those commandments were broken. And 50, I'm sorry, 3,000 Israelis, Israelites were killed by the sword that day. Ironically enough, that was the first Feast of Weeks or the first Shavuot or the first Pentecost. Now, the first Pentecost in the New Testament, praise God, as we see, when the Spirit came down and those that were in one accord in the upper room ready to receive the presence of God were filled with the Spirit, praise God, were filled with the Holy Ghost. They received the, the, they received the power of the Holy Ghost. They spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance with the cloven tongues of fire on top of their heads, praise God, that those outside the streets heard them, and they, they thought they were drunk, but Peter stood up and he preached Jesus. Uh, he started to speak of the goodness of Jesus, that this Jesus that you have crucified, praise Praise God, was and is and is to come, the one that came that died on the cross for your sins, praise God, for your salvations. He bore your sins, praise God. And as he preached this, and as he said this, all those in the street said, then what do we need to do? What can we do? What, what, what's next? And what, what would you like us to do? Or what can we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sin. You will see the, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And what had happened? 
In the first Pentecost, after the law was given, 3,000 people were dead. In the, in the first Pentecost, in, in, in the New Testament, when the Spirit fell, praise God, they heard what had happened. And after Peter preached Jesus and peach, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, 3,000 souls were saved. So we see the two differences of the two Pentecost, which happened the first time. It happened from a distance, from the commandments. The second time happened with grace through Jesus Christ. 3,000 souls were saved here. 3,000 souls were lost right there. Praise God. We got to give God all the honor and all the glory for what he has given us through grace, through Jesus Christ himself. Praise God. There's many compelling similarities between the law that was given and, the, and, and grace that was given in the day of Pentecost. And Mount Sinai, God's presence was accompanied by fire, smoke, and a sound of thunder in the book of Exodus. Now, God's presence during Pentecost was accompanied by a sound of a rushing mighty wind and cloven tongues of fire and the, different, uh, and the gift of different, uh, of, 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 of different tongues, praise God. Two... When God gave the Torah or the law to Moses on Mount Sinai, the people were worshiping a golden calf. 3,000 people had died as punishment for their sins. When Jesus' uh, Jesus' spirit was given during the day of Pentecost, the people uh, uh, repented and 3,000 people believed and, and they were given eternal life. Praise God. God's presence was symbolized by a cloud of fire which led the Israelites out of Egypt. Later, God moved his presence into the temple, praise God. During Pentecost, God's presence moved from the temple into a new temple, which is us, the followers, all those who believe, praise God. And finally, the Torah provided or the law provided God's teaching for the Old Testament community. Later, uh, at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, became the teacher of those who believe, because Jesus said, I will, my Father uh, will send the Spirit, which will come in my name, and it will give you, uh, remind you of everything that I have told you. It will teach you everything that I had told you, praise God. It's going to bring you in remembrance of everything that I have given to you, praise God. So there's very, uh, a lot of similarities between the time the commandments were given to Moses from the time grace was given to all those who believe. Praise God. We see uh, 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 grace and repentance kind of go hand in hand. Peter had said, you know, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, praise God. A lot of people and a lot of churches continue uh, to, to, you know, uh, preach repentance right off the bat, saying, you need to repent. And was, what if I don't want to repent? What if I'm not ready to repent? What if I'm not ready to receive this? And that's why a reason, the reason a lot of people don't want to come to church and a lot of people don't want to come to, you know, uh, to uh, come to when you're invited because they feel they're not ready. They feel they're not ready to repent. They feel they're not dressed uh, uh, adequately. They feel that they're not living a righteous life. Therefore, they can't go to church. They feel that they're living in sin. Therefore, they can't go into the house of God. Praise God. Because we continue to preach repentance after you need to repent. You need to repent. We're continuing to beat people up over the heads with our own Bibles. Praise God. But we need to realize something here first. What did Peter do before he said repent and be baptized? First and foremost, those that heard him preach the word of God, those who heard him preach Jesus, praise God, were listening to all these things. And those who heard him were the ones who said, then what do we do? 
What do we need to do? All those that said that they were pricked in their hearts. That word that Peter had said, that they felt it, and they asked, what do we need to do? That's when Peter preached repentance. What did, he, what did Peter preach? He preached Jesus. He preached peace. He preached grace. He preached uh, uh, what Jesus came to do, what was prophesied through Jesus, praise God, and was fulfilled through Jesus, and was fulfilled through the cross, and was fulfilled through the raising, you know, uh, 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 resurrection from the dead, praise God. It was fulfilled through Jesus, so he preached grace. He preached Jesus, praise God. Grace came first, then he said, repent, praise God. We see Peter on the boat, they're fishing all night, and Jesus was on the boat too, and they were, he was tired, he was, he was beat, he was a fisherman. They, he said, we fished all night, we haven't caught anything. Then Jesus, Jesus told him, hey, why don't you throw the net on the other side? You know, when I'm doing something, I'm working on a car, or I'm, I'm doing something, you know, either mechanical, constructual, or something with my hands, you know, that I like to do, and then my wife comes around and says, hey, why don't you do this? You know, on the inside, I'm like, well, what do you know? What do you even know what I'm doing, you know? Hey, why don't you do it like this, you know? It's because they, they, they rationalize, you know, things differently. So when Peter heard Jesus say, hey, why don't you throw the net on the other side? You know, if you're on a boat, there's water here, there's water here. Well, you know, if you throw a, if you throw a hook in right here, the fish is going to come over here. If you throw a hook over here, the fish is going to come over there. If you throw the net there, the fish are no different from this side of the boat, from that side of the boat. But Peter is like probably thinking, what do you know? I've been doing this way longer, praise God. But you know what he said? He said, I've been, we've been fishing all night, and we haven't caught a thing. But because you say so, Jesus, because you told me to, Jesus, I'll do it. I'll let down my nets. What does Peter do? He throws the net on the other side. And what did they, they caught a so, they caught so many fishes that they couldn't reel it in, praise God. The Bible says that the net started to rip and that they couldn't pull up the, 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 the net full of fish. So they asked other boats to come in and help them bring up the fish, praise God. And they saw the numerous, the enormous amount of fish that they caught. Peter turned to Jesus and said, Lord, please depart from me for I am a sinner. I am not worthy for you to be on my boat. I'm not worthy for you to be next to me, praise God. What came first, grace or repentance? did peter repent first no jesus was on the boat grace was standing right there even though they were fishing all night even though they were toiling all night even though they were just you know running in circles all night grace was right there and told them to do something different and they received something that they could not uh, you know contain within their own nets within their own boats he turned to jesus said please lord depart from me for i'm a sinful man he's he repentance we need to preach grace to those who need it because with grace comes repentance praise god we see a couple of scriptures we see a, a, a couple of scriptures here uh, in uh, in Luke, we see Luke chapter 18 and Luke chapter 19. Praise God. We have two uh, different stories of, of what's going on right here. Excuse me for a second. You got that? All right. Water. The Bible says that out of my belly should flow rivers of living water. Praise God. Drinking a fresh cold glass of water is like drinking a, a, a just just open your mouth and breathing fresh air. Praise God. Receiving Jesus in your life is like is like drinking fresh cold glass of water to receiving that replenishes your spirit, replenishes your insides. Praise God. And your body thanks you. Praise God. Your spirit. We're receiving Jesus inside your life. Receiving Jesus inside your inside your spirit replenishes your spirit, and your spirit thanks you for it. Praise God. 
So we see in Luke chapter, <clears throat> we see Luke chapter 18, we see a rich man. And the rich man asked Jesus, you know, Jesus was teaching, you know, he was doing his thing. And this rich man says, Jesus, what, what, uh, you know, what do I need to do to receive eternal life? What do I need to do to receive? Actually, he said, he said, good master. He said, what do I need to do to receive eternal life? And Jesus said, well, why do you call me good? There's no good but my father in heaven, praise God. But he continues to answer that question. But we see right here, though, in Luke chapter 18, verse 18, it says, a rich man uh, wants to enter into the kingdom. He says, what do I need to do? Those words right there insist that salvation is given or eternal life is being given by what we can do. Back in the Old Testament, before Moses received the Ten Commandments, the Israelite people said, we will do whatever God commands us to do, thinking that we could do it by works. We could do it by how we, you know, by our good works. So God gives them the law. <laughs> and 3,000 souls were lost. This man right here in Luke chapter 18 says, says, Lord, what do I need to do to receive eternal life? In reality, you don't have to do anything. You just have to believe, if that's something. But this rich man thought he could receive eternal life through something he can perform or something that he could do. Praise God. And, and uh, uh, the Bible continues to say, Jesus tells him, well, you need to uphold the law. You, know? you need to honor your father and your mother. Uh, don't have no, worship no other gods, before, you know, uh, no idols. Uh, worship the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul. And the rich man said this, but Lord, I've been doing this since the days of my youth. And I like this. Jesus says, one thing you lack. When you try to justify yourself by your own works, when you try to justify of things that uh, justify yourself by what you could do, there's always something that we lack. There is always something in our lives that we're doing wrong, praise God. In the book of Revelations, uh, uh, churches in Revelations, uh, uh, some of the churches that were saying, you know, you know, I see your good works, I see, you know, I see what you're doing here, but there's one thing you lack. In everything that we try to do in our own hearts, at our own ability, there's always something that could be done better. So Jesus said, there is something that you lack, you know, because the rich man said, I've been doing this since... The days of my youth. I've been doing this since the beginning, since I was born, since I was raised. I've been upholding the law. One thing you lack. I don't know who I'm preaching to. If you feel that you're toiling and, and you're, you're running in circles and you keep doing everything you can to do to try to get by and it just doesn't seem to work out, that it just doesn't seem to happen, you, you, you keep applying for that position, you keep trying to work on your marriage, you keep trying to, to get a better job, you keep trying to do something in your life that you always wanted to do, but there's always something we lack. There's always something we lack in our lives, praise God. And honestly... I truly believe the one thing that we lack if we can't get something done is the presence of God. We don't believe in the one who came and died for us, praise God. He said one thing you lack because this was a rich man. This rich man thought he could probably buy his salvation. This rich man thought he could, he could work his salvation out, praise God. The, Jesus says one thing you lack. Go and sell all your possessions and give it to the poor. And follow me. You know, Jesus could have said, when he said, what do I need to do to receive eternal life? Jesus could have told him, 
follow me. Believe on me, and I will give you eternal life. But because the rich man had said, and with the, with the proud heart, he said, what do I need to do? What do I need? How can I work out my own salvation? How can I work out to get my own thing? How, what do I need to do in order to get ahead? What do I need to do? Praise God. Sometimes we need to inquire the Lord. The Bible says that we need to inquire, the, inquire with the Lord in all aspects of our life. Because if we try to do it with our own mindset, praise God, thinking that we're doing the right thing, and we seem to fall flat on our face, it's because we didn't inquire God first, praise God. We need to inquire with the Lord in order for him to guide us, in order for him to show us, uh, uh, light up the way in order we, where we need to go. The Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into our own understanding, praise God, because sometimes our own understanding could be manipulated, uh, could, uh, could, can create doubt, praise God, and steer us wrong praise God, in our own lives. So he said, one thing you like, you need to sell everything you own, give it to the poor, and follow me. Through his own works, just like the Israelites said, we'll do everything at the Mount Sinai. We'll do everything what God commands us to do, even before hearing it. He said, what do I need to do through works? Praise God. And he says, sell everything, give it to the poor, and follow me. Because this was a rich man, he couldn't do what was commanded of him. Neither could the Israelites do what was commanded to them, praise God. But yet, they said, we'll do anything that, we, that, that God asks us to do. So he turned and walked away, praise God. He used the law, and, the, and God used the law back on him. You need to do this and that. He couldn't uphold it, so he left. He walked away sad, praise God. The next chapter, in Luke chapter 19, we see Zacchaeus. Everybody knows the story of Zacchaeus. If you don't know the story of Zacchaeus, there's a song that says Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. <laughs> he cried up upon, uh, upon a sycamore tree to see what he could see. Wow, I still know the words to that one. He was a small man, and he climbed a sycamore tree, praise God, because he wanted to see... He wanted to see Jesus, praise God. And the reason why he, the Bible says that he was short that he couldn't see, that he couldn't see above the crowd, praise God. So he climbed up the sycamore tree so we all had fallen short and uh, fall short of the glory of God, praise God. So what he did, he climbed upon a sycamore tree, praise God. He climbed upon a tree. The Bible says that Jesus, he was hung on a tree for our, tra for, for, for our sins, praise God, hallelujah. He took upon sins upon himself, hallelujah. And, and Zacchaeus, because he wanted to see Jesus, he climbed a tree to see him because he was too short he climbed a tree to see him praise god jesus was hung on a tree sometimes we need to look at trees we need to look at the cross we need to see the cross praise god as a sign of redemption in order to see jesus some of us need to climb a little higher in order to see jesus because we have sunk so low into our own lives praise god into our own world into everything that's going on around us with the riots and 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 the looting and this and that and and the and the nation of chaz praise god the country of chaz Praise God. We all sunk so low that we can't even see the glory of God anymore. And we need to search for something to climb, to become higher, to climb on a tree in order to see the glory of Jesus. And that's what Zacchaeus did. He climbed on a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus. Praise God. And because he was seeing Jesus, Jesus saw him. Because he wanted to see Jesus, Jesus said, hey, Zacchaeus. How do you know his name? I don't know. Apparently, Zacchaeus was a was uh, uh, he was a tax collector. And a tax collector in the Bible days are not the very most honest people. Tax collectors are not, the you know, they're shysty, they're greedy, they steal, and, you know, and 
you know, do all kinds of things. So they, they didn't really have a good rapport in the, in, uh, in, in the Bible days because, you know, they took people's money. Well, you know, if you're going to take money from me, I'm not going to look upon you in such good eyes myself, praise God. But something hit Zacchaeus. He wanted to see Jesus. He, 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 wanted, to, he wanted to meet him. He wanted to see him. So he climbed to a, 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 an elevation where he, he's not used to, praise God. Sometimes we need to climb a certain thing that we're not necessarily used to just to get into a position, praise God, of where Jesus wants us to be. And Jesus looked upon him and says, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have dinner at your house today. I'm going to stay at your house today. And everybody started, pss, 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 you know, started to say, oh, my God, he's, Jesus is, you know, he, he's going to go stay at Zacchaeus' house. He's going to go to a sinner's house. So they started murmuring. They started, you know, saying, oh, my God, look what he's going to do. Oh, my God, he's hanging out with that person. Oh, my goodness, he's hanging. You know, what is this? You know, what is she doing with him? What is he doing with her? You know, what, what's going on? You know, they start, you know, starting rumors and, you know, to each other and stuff like that. But Jesus had a plan. Here's the theory. Here's the story. Here's the moral of that story. Jesus goes to his house. And as he's sitting in his house and talking with him and, and having dinner with him, Zacchaeus says, you know, his heart changed. The Bible says that his heart changed with inside of him. He, had re- he repented. Says, you know, everything, you know, that all, I'm going to sell all my, my possessions and I'm going to give half I own to the poor. And if I had stole, if I had taken more money from people, from tax collectors, I'm going to give them four times as much back, praise God. And Jesus said, Praise Jesus said, salvation has come to this house this day. Why? Because Zacchaeus repented, his heart changed, and he started to give, praise God. When your heart changes, you start to give. You start to give your time. You start to give your effort, your energy on people, praise God, that you probably wouldn't even give a second look before. But when God changes a heart, he does it for good, praise God. When God enters the life and changes something inside of you, you start to see things in a different light. You start to see things in a different manner. Therefore, you start giving to people that need it. You start helping people that need it, praise God. You start lifting people up that are down, praise God. And Jesus said, today, salvation has come to this house, praise God. What came first? Was re- did repentance come first or did grace come first? Grace came first. Jesus came into his house. Jesus came to his house first. And because grace came in, repentance came came after. Because grace enters, repentance happens. Because grace always comes before repentance. For those that might, repentance might come before grace. Praise God. But you don't have to wait that long. Because sometimes people say, you know, I am not ready to give my life to Christ. Well, you go ahead and do what you need to do. You know, I can't force you to do something that you don't want to do right now. But you never know, because the Bible says there will be a time when, you know, when prayers are going to cease, when miracles cease, and when grace ceases, there's going to be a time when that's happened. Don't wait for that time to happen. Allow grace to come into your life today. Allow Jesus Christ to come into your life today. Praise God. So we have all these instances of how grace enters of how the love of God moves, which causes repentance to happen. There's another story of um, 
of a sinful woman. A sinful woman. She was caught in the act of adultery. She was caught in the act of adultery, and uh, they brought her before Jesus. And the, they said that the, Jesus was teaching in the temple. He was inside the temple. And they brought this woman who was caught in the act of adultery at the feet of Jesus, saying, the law of Moses said that a woman as such as this should be stoned. So they brought her. They said caught in the act of adultery, so she was hardly clothed. She probably had wrapped herself with something. So she was there with her shame. She was there, you know, just horrified, just there in front of Jesus. And the Pharisees took her and says, the law of Moses, that those who are caught in the act of adultery should be stoned. What do you say, Jesus? Or how they would say, what sayest thou? Jesus, what do you say? The Bible says that Jesus stooped down and he wrote down on, 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 on the ground, praise God. Now, if he would have said, don't lay a hand on her, he would be going against the law of Moses. If he said, go ahead and stone her, then he would be going everything that he preached and taught. So Jesus, knowing their hearts, he stood up from the ground and said, you who without sin, he who without sin cast the first stone. He who without sin cast the first stone. One by one, the Bible says from the oldest to the youngest, you know, because when you're older, you realize, oh, man, okay, I messed up. I, I have sin because they're, li they're still living in the law. And they're not even keeping the law that well. Oh, man, you know, I, he's right. I, I can't do this because if I do it, you know, it's probably going to be worse on me. So they, one by one, they dropped their stones and left, left from the oldest to the youngest. And when they all left, praise God, they, Jesus said to the lady, is there anybody here that accuses you? Are your accusers here? Are your accusers here? And she says, no, Lord, not a one. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now, I want to point out something here. I want you to see this picture real quick. This picture is of Jesus in the temple, writing on the floor with the sinful woman caught in adultery right next to her, right next to him. The thing is that the Pharisees came at him saying, the law says that such women should be stoned. Jesus stood, stooped down. Jesus stooped down. No, 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 me. <laughs> Jesus stooped down and uh, started writing on the temple floor. Now, the temple floor wasn't, we see a lot of pictures. We've seen movies of Jesus writing on dirt. The temple floor was of cobblestone. And the Pharisees told Jesus, the law says, the commandments say, well, you know what? The one who gave the commandments on stone stooped down to write on stone what he had already put down, praise God, what he gave to Moses. He's the one that gave the law. And he stooped down and started to read because the, the temple floors were 
were made with cobblestones, not dirt. And he stooped down and he started to write on those cobblestones. I don't know what he wrote. Maybe he wrote the commandment. Maybe he wrote the verse. I don't know. There's a lot of things of what he could say or he could have written. So they come at him with the full force of the law. The law of Moses said such persons should be stoned. And Jesus comes back at him with the law. He who without sin cast the first stone. None of them can hold up to that. So they all dropped their stones and they walked away, praise God. And he says, are, you, are, are any of those that condemn you here? Are your accusers here? And I get a lot of questions or I get a lot of prayer requests saying that, you know, I need prayer because the enemy's attacking my thoughts. He's attacking my way of thinking. He's putting doubt in my mind. And he's, you know, he's not, he's not letting me concentrate on the word of God. I know I need to pray. I know I need to read the word of God. But he keeps interfering in things in my life. The thing about the enemy is that he's an accuser of the brethren. He's an accuser. He's a liar. He's a stealer. He's a cheater. He's, the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy what God has put together. Because you were created in the image of God, he's trying to destroy the image that you were created in. But the thing is, though, he can't destroy what God has created with inside of you. What the, Lord, what the, what, what the world did not give me, the world cannot take it away. God created you to be special. God created you in an image, praise God. And that image can only be fulfilled and can only be in tune with the image of the invisible God, which is Jesus Christ, praise God. And until we receive Jesus, until we receive him and, and believe on him who came, who died and was rose, who rose again for our sins, until that happens, praise God, we will never be able to really be in tune with the image of God and who God had sent and dwelt among us, praise God, in Jesus Christ. Now, the enemy, Satan, is the accuser of the brethren. In order for him to have his way with us, in order for Satan to have his way with us, we have to receive or believe the accusation that he's given us. You can't do that. You can't go to church. You're a sinful person. Oh, you're not ready for repentance because you got way too much baggage. You got way too much stuff going on in your life. You can't repent. You can't go to church. You can't pray. You're unworthy to receive this. You're unworthy to receive that. Once you receive his accusation, he has totally total dominion over you. The, the Bible says that we are no longer under the law, but under grace, praise God. So the law has no dominion over us anymore. Death has no dominion over us anymore. Sin has no more dominion over us anymore because we are under the grace, praise God. And what grace gives us, with inside of our lives, without of our hearts, inside of our hearts, praise God, in return, we give repentance and we believe on him. We, we look upon him, praise God, and we receive his glory. Hallelujah. The first time God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai, he saw the, the nation of Israel sinning and, and, and doing all kinds of things before the golden calf. He broke the Ten Commandments. Now, God said, hey, uh, Come back up here. I got to give you a new set. 
I got to give you a new set of ten. They're the same words, but I'm going to have to do it again. So again, he goes up there for another 40 days and to receive. And the Bible says that he didn't eat anything for 40 days and 40 nights up there in the presence of God. And as he came down, the, the, the nation of Israel, all those that were down there, saw, his, saw the face of Moses and saw that his face was so brilliant, so bright. Basically, it was so majestic because he was in the presence of God. He took those Ten Commandments, and, and the second set of Ten Commandments that God gave him, he said, now I want you to put these in the Ark of the Covenant under the mercy seat because mercy is always greater than the law. Mercy is always greater than the, the, uh, uh, the commandments, praise God. Now, the difference between mercy or the, the mercy seat, you had the two cherubims with their wings. It's under, so the, the Ten Commandments were placed in the ark above, I'm sorry, below the mercy seat. Here's the mercy seat. Here's the law. Now, the difference between mercy and the difference between grace, there's two different things. They're, they're almost one and the same, but they, there's a difference. As I come to a close. There's a difference. Now, mercy is uh, for something that we did. So when I hear the word mercy, I think about, I think about uh, a court setting. You know, you're being tried. You're being tried. You're, under, you're, 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 you're being persecuted. And you throw yourself at the mercy of the court saying, you know, oh, you know, I've, uh, you know forgive me for what I have did, you know. Forgive me for, you know, you're repenting, in other words. You know, oh, I feel bad for what I did. I didn't mean to do this crime. Have mercy on me, judge. Have mercy on me, jury. Have mercy on me for, you know, I, I feel horrible about this. I feel horrible about this. Have mercy on me. That's mercy. You're begging for mercy. You throw yourself at the mercy of the court, hopefully to get a lower sentence. Now, grace is under undeserved favor for something we are not even worthy of. Grace is just given to you, whether you had repented or not. Grace is just given to you. Praise God. And when we're in grace, the Bible tells us that we can actually fall from grace. We fall from grace. And why, why, why is the term fall from grace? Because grace is always higher. Grace is always higher. But the thing is, though, that's the thing about grace. We may trip, we may fall, but the love of God is greater than anything that we can outsin. We can outsin the love of God. That's why it's called grace. But I'm telling you right now, church, that you know you don't go be live, don't be living in sin, and don't be doing whatever you know whatever your heart's content, thinking that oh God's going to forgive me, God's going to forgive me. That's take advantage of the love of God. And the Bible says that not all those who say Lord, Lord, are going to go see the kingdom of heaven. That's a scary scripture in itself. Not all those who say, Lord, Lord, you know, are going to see the kingdom of God. Not all those who cast demons out in my name are, are going to be able to see the kingdom of God. Because the Bible says that those are workers of iniquity. Those are evildoers. Now, evildoers are just that, the people who do evil, praise God, but are righteous in their own sight. We can't be righteous in our own sight. The only thing that is righteous is Jesus Christ. And if we humble ourselves and believe on him who came, who died on the cross for us, praise God, and we look upon him, praise God, for salvation, grace, hallelujah, who, give, who is the giver of life, humble ourselves before the presence of God, you will receive everlasting life. Now, if you're looking for an opportunity 
to come to Jesus Christ. If you're looking for an opportunity, you know, to say, you know, you're right, I do need to, I, need, I do need to come before the presence of God. I do need the word of God. I, do, I need to pray. Praise God. If you're looking for that opportunity, wait no longer. There is no specific time. There is no thing that you could do to better yourself in order for you to receive grace. There's nothing that you can do to receive eternal life. There's nothing that we could do that we could toil around. Praise God. Peter was toiling around all night trying to fish. Sometimes we are toiling around all night. Sometimes we are, we are running back and forth in darkness. Praise God. Thinking that we're doing the right thing, but we're getting nothing done. But grace comes in. Grace came to Peter, and he caught an abundant amount of fish. Then he repented. Sometimes we think that, man, I, you know, I, I am, I'm so bad. <laughs> I'm so horrible that I, you know, I don't know why God still loves me the way he does, but, does, but somewhere along the line, you're, you know, you feel that, wow, you feel, you feel a blessing. You feel the presence of God. You feel something. You f- actually, you feel a doomy gla- day brighter, and you're like, wow. You actually, and you know it's God because... Nothing can outperform the beauty of what God puts before our eyes. And you're like, wow, God, how could you be so good to me when I'm so bad? How can you, how can you show me so much love when I have so much hate for others? How can you show me so much grace when I'm not undeserving? And that's why grace is grace. Are you worthy of God's grace? Nobody's worthy. Is he willing to give it to you? Yes. For all those who come before the glory of God, hallelujah. For all those who believe on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Right there where you're at, if you want to receive the presence of God, if you want the love of God, if you want the grace of God, you have to go no further, do no other thing other than just believe. Open up your heart, humble yourself before the presence of God. Right where you're at, I want to ask you to close your eyes right there. You know, if you're standing, praise God. If you're sitting, if there's family members around you, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to continue being with us and giving us strength to overcome everything that we're going through right now. Heavenly Father, we come before your presence, God, to thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word that we've heard, Lord God, of grace, knowing that you are always there, Lord Jesus, no matter what we, we may be going through, no matter what may be happening in our lives, God, your love, your grace, your mercy overshadows anything that we could ever do, God. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to continue to be in our hearts, continue to be in our lives, God, as you help us, as you strengthen us and guide our path, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice on the cross over 2,000 years ago to give us eternal life because it's not what we could do. It's not the works that we could do. It's not by the laws that we abide by, but it's by your mercy. It's by your grace. Hallelujah. And it's by just believing and looking upon you as the salvation of all humanity, Lord Jesus. I ask you, God, to bless each and every one of those out there who are watching right now in their homes, their living rooms, their kitchens, God, wherever they may be, Lord. I ask you to bless them, to touch them, God, if they're going through a rough time in this time, this day and age, Lord, Jesus, if they're going through information overload right now, if they're going through news overload right now, if they're seeing way too many bad things in this world, then looking upon you, Lord Jesus, for hope, I ask you, God, to bless them. Manifest your presence inside of them, Lord Jesus. Uh, Continue to flow inside of them, God. Strengthen them, Lord Jesus. Give them hope, God. Brighten up their day, Lord Jesus. Give them the love, hallelujah, that you had shed on Calvary, Lord God, over 2,000 years ago, Lord Jesus. Let your grace always abound 
always abound over anything that we could do, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We honor you, Lord God, and we love you. In your wonderful name we pray, and everybody out there say, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Text to give. It's as easy as sending a text. If you feel the need in your heart today to give an offering into this ministry so that we can help grow and expand God's kingdom, here's one way you can do that. Text your dollar amount to 84321. And if it's your first time using this, it'll send you a link to set up your card information. Anytime you decide to text after that, it'll go directly through. If you would like to hear more from Pastor Mark, our podcast is updated weekly with his new preachings on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. Search up Impact Church San Diego and subscribe to our channel to be up to date. And lastly, don't forget to follow us on social media. Our Instagram and Facebook page are constantly being updated with important information, new sermon series, and motivational words to get you through your day. 